Today's daf is daf Samach Beis, page 62 in the Hilgim Masechus Bavakama. And we're on daf Samach Beis, we pick up from Amar Rava. Okay, we're uh, pick up from Amar Rava. This is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 lines from the top of daf Samach Beis, Omud Aleph. And what the Gemara up until now has been describing is um, responsibilities vis-a-vis uh, haystacks. So we had a machoikas in the Mishnah between Reb Hudan and on whether you're obligated on Tomun Ba'ish, whether you're responsible on Tomun Ba'ish. Okay, so um, we had the machoikas whether you're mechuyav on Tomun Ba'ish, and then that led us to another conversation of what happens if somebody brings Tomun into your property and they hide something inside the haystack without permission. What do you do? What do you do with that? And everybody ultimately was in agreement. Everybody ultimately was in agreement that if somebody put something in your property and they did not have rishus, they did not have permission to put it there, that you are not going to be responsible. You never accepted achrayis. You never accepted responsibility, uh, and therefore uh, every, everybody would be masking you're not mechuyev on what was hidden in that haystack. Zokt the Gemara. Amar Rava Rava says, "An ice dinar zavlisha." Somebody gives a golden dinar to a woman. Okay, now why are you giving it to her? Not because you want to give her a present, but because you're asking her to watch it. Alon, you say to her, "He's a rubai shall kesef who be very careful. It's made out of silver." Now she's going to watch it with a silver level of shmira, as opposed to a gold level of shmira. So the halacha is hizikasai. If she ruined it, mishalemes dinar zav. She's got to pay you back for a golden dinar. Why? Because she had no right to do that in the first place. It doesn't make a difference if you told her she thought you told her it was silver and end up being gold. That doesn't make a difference. Mishum da'amar law. He could say to her, "Listen, ma, ma, my havali gabe da'azke. I mean, what do you have against me that you're breaking my stuff? You're damaging my stuff. What, what's the what's the issue here?" Pashabai, you're just com- being completely negligent, and this is this. No matter what value it had, it's on you. Okay, says the Gemara Viter Azke. However, I'm sorry, Pashabai. But if let's say she was negligent, she didn't break it, she didn't damage it, but she was just negligent in how in how she watched it. So then the halacha is Mishalama Shokasev. She'll pay for silver. Why? She could say to him, When you gave this to me to uh, for me to watch, I accepted to watch something that had the value of silver. Now there's times there's times where you know if you ask me to watch something for you, I might want to be a nice guy. But uh, if it's very valuable, I'll be like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm not taking responsibility on that. If it has a lower level value, I'll accept responsibility. So she she could say, listen, you told me it was silver. Granted, it was gold. But I never accepted on myself to watch over gold. And therefore, all I need to do is pay you back for the value of of uh, silver. Okay. Now, Amalei Rav Mordechai Leravashi. Mordechai says to Ravashi, Awesome, but the Rava Masila, you taught this the name of Rava. Let me tell you something. You don't have to tell me in the name of Rava and Amira. We had learned it earlier. We learned it from the Tanoim. Chitin, if a person has wheat. Now, this is going back to what we learned earlier on the Dafin yesterday, which means I gave you permission to bring wheat over to my domain. And then you covered over the wheat with barley. Barley is less expensive than wheat. Or I gave you permission. 
um, I gave Misha for barley and you covered it over with the, the upper layer was wheat. In either case, you're going to pay for the lesser value. Alma, you see from here, Amar Lay, that the um, the Shimer, the one who accepted to watch it, says to the owner, Nitirusa de Shari I accepted upon myself Siren. I I accepted upon myself barley. You can't put greater responsibility on on me more than what I originally um, accepted. Hachanami. So in this case as well, by the by the coins, Amrale let the woman uh, who's watching his coin say, Nitirusa de Davla I never knew it was gold in the first place. Hence, I'm not responsible. So, what Rav Mordechai says to Ravashi is basically not that I argue on your halacha. I agree with the halacha that you're never responsible for more than you accepted, which very much this halacha, the coins, falls in line with our halacha from yesterday. When I allow you to bring something into my domain and you bring something that is more valuable, I only have to pay you for the lesser value. He says, he tells Ravashi, you quoted all this in the name of Rabbah. Let me explain to you, you don't even need to quote Rava because we have an often a Mishnah, we have an explicit Mishnah telling me the same halacha. I agree to the halacha, but I'm just letting you know, you don't need to quote Rava when you can go back to earlier generations. Amar Rav, Rav says, I remember learning a halacha from Rav Yehuda about this, but I don't remember exactly what he said. Okay. Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, one second, you don't know. Uh, you don't know what was heard. You're not. You, you don't remember the Yehuda the Mechayv on his Gitam Beish. If you're, if you want to learn something about from Rabbi Yehuda on this matter, he was the one who said that you're responsible on things that are covered over. Uh, you're, you're responsible by fire. However, Asu Takonas Nigzal Beisha the Chum came along and they made a Takonas Nigzal. When it comes to fire, they made a takanas gazela when something gets when something gets stolen. Okay, um, which means the same way. If uh, I claim that you stole something from me, I can obli- will obligate an oath, and uh, and we'll tell the guy, listen, you you take a shvua and let us know what was stolen. Same thing holds true if something was hidden inside a fire. He's going to make an oath of what was ruined, what was damaged. Why? Because. I mean, Nebuch, unfortunately, I don't know. I mean, I know why my mind is going here, but until today, we're now uh, a few months after October seventh. Unfortunately, the uh, the uh, detectives and investigators into what took place on October seventh are still identifying remains of people. When things get so burnt and charred and destroyed, it's very hard to even make out what was ruined. So the Gemara says that the same thing would hold true if an owner claims that a fire burnt up his field and thing right uh, burnt things up. We'll allow the owner to show up and tell us exactly what was burnt. He'll take an oath. He'll make a shvua, uh, a proper shvua. But whatever he whatever he swears on, we're going to allow him to demand payment on. By Amemar, Amemar asked a question, searching for information. Did we make a takana of nigzal a way to help the victim of theft and say, just swear to us what was stolen, and we'll, you know, and you could demand that in payment? Does that imply by a miser? Which is a fascinating question. A miser is a yid who gives over, he basically snitches on yidin to the um, 
to the uh, uh, civil authorities that we're not going to handle this in a way we're uh, uh, not going to handle it in a way that's according to halacha. So it's it's a it's a very severe transgression to be a miser. See, here's what happens. I show up and I say, listen, Yanko the miser has been, uh, he went and he told, I tell Bezin, he told the civil authorities about some property that I have and therefore it was taken away from me and I'm demanding that value from him. He stole it from me by, by being an informant. Okay? So it, do, do we say that I can make an oath on what he caused me to lose and then they'll demand payment from Yanko or not? Says the Gemara, Haliba demand Amar Loi Dainina Din de Garmi. According to the opinion, who says that you're not obligated on Garmi. Now, Garmi is when you when you cause a damage, but you're more of a direct cause of a damage. So, if you don't darshan Dina de Garmi and say that you know even a closer direct damage, you're not responsible for Loisi Boila. We don't have a question about that. Why? The Misaris Nami Loi Dainina. We'll say that a miser is uh, a miser is the same thing. A person who informs. Another Jews is is uh, in the same category of Dina Degarmi, of being more of a direct cause, and we're and we're not going to make you responsible either. However, Aliba Ella Kisi Bailach, where do we have a question? Aliba demand Yamar according to the opinion Dayan and Dina Degarmi. We do judge direct causes, and we do uh, we, we do demand payment. So we want to know also to Kanas Nigzov and Moser the Mishtaba Veshakil Eilai. Do we allow the oath the same way we allow somebody when it's stolen from him? Because maybe we should view an informant like somebody who's stealing from another Jew by informing. Answers the Gemara Teku. We are unsure. Okay, here we go. Ahu Gaber, there was a fellow. The Botash Bikaspisa de Chavre Shadia Benara. And he, he took, uh, we'll call it a, a purse from his friend and threw it into the water. So he's a, he's a Ganev, but we don't know how much money is in the purse. Also, Marivam, the owner, came and said, Listen, he threw my wallet into the water. Let me tell you how much money was in there that he's got to pay me. Ravashi was looking into this question. What do I do here? Didn't we, can't we learn it out from uh, from our Mishnah on yesterday's daf? What did we learn on our Mishnah yesterday's daf? Somebody lights a home, if you light a, a, a large house, anything inside of it is not considered common, it's not considered hidden, you got to pay everything. Whatever's normal to be kept inside of a house, if a guy's claiming, if I light somebody else's house on fire and the guy claims there's a couch, a dining room table, some beds, pots and pans, he could say that because that's, that's expected. So to over here, um, we should uh, we should rely on the uh, the owner of the wallet to tell us what was actually inside uh, inside the wallet because it's normal to keep things in there. If he's just saying that there was money inside my wallet, Beseder, you're right. You could claim that. Over here, he's saying I had precious gems. I had diamonds in there. I had sapphires in there. I had rubies. Things that aren't uh, normal or standard, we'll call it. Things that aren't standard. So my, what's the halacha? Me manche inchi maganisa bekaspas oilai. How do we handle that? Is that is that normal enough? And again, the Gemara says, Teku, the question stands. We are unsure. We have to wait for the Navi to come and answer that question. So another reason for us.
Another reason for us to yearn for Elio and Navi. Amli Ravimer the Ravashi, Ravimer says the Ravashi, Ton Kosu the Kaspa Babi Ramai. What happens if somebody had a golden, uh, I'm sorry, a silver becher? Somebody says, Yeah, you burnt down my house. You know what was inside my house? A fancy schmancy Kiddush cup. What's the halacha? Is that standard for a Jewish house? Omar Lay, he said to him, Chazina, Eatinish Ahmed, who, if this guy is a spender on fancy things, is because of the Kaspa, it would be normal for him to have us a, a silver becher, a silver a Kiddush cup. So, Inami Inish Behemnuhu, or if he's in general a person of integrity, the Mafki Inish Gabay, that other people would leave valuables by. So then we'll say, Mishtab of let him swear that it was in the house and we'll allow him to demand payment. However, the Eloi, if he do- doesn't meet one of these two criteria, Lav Kol Kamine, we ignore his claim. Of having the uh, the expensive uh, expensive uh, uh, kiddush cup, okay. Period. End of that. Uh, end of that topic. Zogt the Gemara Viter says the Gemara. Amar lei Rav Ada bereder of Avia Ravashi. Rav Ada bereder of Ada said um, says to Ravashi. This is incredible. Is there a difference in halacha between a robber, a gazlan, and a chamson? Okay. A chamson is a type of thief. Now, we said there was like chamas in the times of the mabel. Yeah. Chamas type of robbery. So why do you need a different word for gazlan and chamson? Listen to this. This is incredible. Hevra. He says to him, Chamson You're a robber who paid for it. A chamson is when you steal it, but you paid. So I walk over to you. Let's see who's got their, uh, you know, who's who's on the uh, who's on the screen with the video. I got Matis here. Matis, I walk over to you. I rip your hat off your head and hand you five hundred dollars and say it's now my hat. I'm, I'm mamish. That's robbery. But I paid you. It doesn't make me not a robber. But we're now going to call that setting a chamson setting. Okay, that's chamson. Gazlan, but a regular robber, loyav loyav He doesn't pay anything. I shouldn't say he doesn't pay anything. He doesn't pay. Says chamson One second. If he pays for it, you can call him a chamson. says If I twist your arm and I say. Uh, sell it to me, sell it to me, and I keep twisting your arm. Like, you sure you don't want to sell it to me? Your arm's going to break. You sure you don't want to sell it? The guy's like, all right, I'll sell it to you. Says the Gemara, Zvini, Zvini, it's a valid sale. So you see, even though you took something by force, it's still valid. Why are we calling you a robber? He says, Lekasha, hod amaraitsani, hod I'll tell you the difference. Where is it a transgression, but a valid sale? That's when you twist his arm so hard that he says uncle, but he also says, okay, I'll sell it to you. A chamson, you're not called a robber, you're just a rusher, you're a wicked person. A chamson, though, is when I just grab your hat and pay you 500 bucks for it. Yeah, you never said right, Sonny. You never said you want it at all. That is, that's robbery. Okay? All right. Period. End of... Uh, end of that Kamara. Next Mishnah, final Mishnah, 
in Perek HaKoynes. Here we go. Top of Samach Beis, Amud Beis. Gates, if you have a spark, that comes out from underneath the blacksmith's hammer, the hizik, and it starts a fire. Chayov, the blacksmith, is responsible to pay. Okay, He didn't intend to light a flame. He was just clapping away, doing business, using his, um, uh, using his hammer. But when you bang uh, on metal, so it makes sparks, Blacksmith is responsible. This next case of the Mishnah we had earlier in the Masechta. If you have a camel covered in flax, flax is something which is easily flammable, and it walks through a public domain, and the flax is piled wide on the camel, and the owner forgot to put oversized load uh, sticker on the back. So the camel's walking, and he's got the wide, uh, wide load of flax, and the flax enters, like enters somebody's storefront, the dolk of Ener and catches fire. The Hidlika Sabira, then it keeps walking and it ignites other things. Bal Gomochayev, the owner of the camel, is completely responsible for all these things because, as we'll see, you're negligent. However, if I loaded my, up my camel with a wide load and it walks by a storefront and the, guy, the store owner had put his fire outside, it's not that the flax went into my store and caught fire on my candles. I put my candles outside, then Achen ben Ichayev, the, the one who placed the candle there, is going to be responsible for all the damage. Rebuda, Aymer, Rebuda says, Bener Chanukah, Pater. If the storefront owner put it outside on Chanukah, which is a mitzvah for a Yid to light their menorah by the entrance, and that's how it caught fire, so then the owner of the camel would still be responsible. There's no responsibility on the store owner. Zakti Gemara, Amravin Rashid, Ravina says, Name of Rabbi Shmami, Nabit Rabbi Yehuda, Ner Chanukah, Mitzvah, Nech You can learn from Rabbi Yehuda's halacha that there's a mitzvah to put your menaira within 10 tfachim of the ground. You shouldn't put it higher. The Esau, the Daitach, the Valley of Yasser, you can hold you go above 10 tfachim. Am I Amravin Rabbi Yehuda, Ner Pata? Why are you not Pata? Lame Malay. Why don't we say, why don't, whoever got hurt, why don't we say to the chenveni, uh, to the store owner, we could say, we should say to the store owner, very nice, you're, you're supposed to light a menorah outside, but you didn't have to light it at that height. You know animals walk by, you should have lit your menorah at a place that there, there's no risk whatsoever. And for the fact that we don't say that to the store owner is a proof that you're supposed to keep it pretty, pretty close to the ground. You see from here, there's a mitzvah to put your menaira to light your candles. Ten tfachim, uh, it should, the menaira should be within ten tfachim of the ground, about, you know, between 33 and 40 inches. Amri, they said, no, that's not a good, that's not a, that, that's not a good assumption. Why? I'll tell you that a person can light a menaira anywhere they want to. Below ten tfachim, above ten tfachim. Ah, uh, you're going to say, so then why don't we say to the store owner, he should have been more careful. Me, Amrit, what are you going to say? You want the guy to light it higher than a camel? Well, what do you want to do? Get a step stool and start lighting things 15 feet up? Keep it the mitzvah, Ka'asik. Once he's involved in a mitzvah, powerful message, Chavra. The Rabbana don't make it difficult. We had this last week as well. Important aside, foundational idea. The mitzvahs are not here to make our lives complicated and ugly and worn out and stressful. The mitzvahs are here to give us a mahalach, a chayim, to give us a path to make our lives ple- pleasant. 
The Rebbe Shalom gave us a mitzvah to do. Don't make it more difficult on people than it has to be, than it has to be higher than 15, 20 feet. But just because we're not putting the onus on him, on the store owner for paying, doesn't mean that it has to be within a certain, uh, within tentfachim. It just means we're not making the mitzvah complicated. So light wherever you want. You have a mitzvah to do, just do it, uh, just uh, do it your own way. Amar as long as obviously it falls in parameters of Allah, Amar Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana says, Darash Rav Nasan Bar Minyumi Mishmei, Rav Tanchum, Rav Nasan Bar Minyumi made a drasha, Ner Chanikosh Nichla Malami as May Esrim Amma Psula, Kisuko Chumbabahoi. It just shouldn't be higher than 20 Amas. So your, your Menorah could be placed anywhere from the ground through 20 Amas, which is 30 to 40 feet up in the air. Now, practically speaking, this is true, but just keep in mind, the exception to this is, let's say in the New York high-rise, where you have other apartments across the way, so let's say somebody lives on the 10th floor, well above uh, 20, uh, uh, above 20 Amas, it's still permitted to light in your house, as long as there are other people who are, are around that height. Let's say across the way from you, or at the building, uh, at the building over, um, who uh, who will be able to see it as well. Hadron Allah Hakainis, Hadron Allah Hakainis, Hadron Allah Hakainis. Mazel Tov, everybody who finished the Hilgah six parak of of uh, Bavakama, and this leads us into the seventh parak of big shift in conversation of financial damages, and this is going to be all about. Uh, the laws of a Ganav and a Gazlan, the laws of stealing, when people steal things, the, the, the various halachas that have to do with it. So here we go. We're, gonna, we're going to uh, introduce the various halachas as we learn them in the Mishnah. Alright. When somebody is a thief, a Gaber, steals undercover and he's caught, he's going to pay double. If somebody steals an animal, okay, let's say a, a ox or a sheep, slaughters it, and then or sells it and then gets busted, the lacha is not only are they going to pay back double, you're going to pay back four or five times, depending on whether it's an ox or a sheep, okay. Five times for an ox, four times for a sheep. Sin says. The Mishnah, in a way, the laws of kefel of paying double, can be more strict than the halacha of paying dalid behay. And the Gemara will explain how. Obviously, when you pay four or five times, you're paying a lot more money, but it doesn't mean that it has all the strict halachas. Okay, so we'll, the, the Gemara will explain. Double payment applies to anything that I eat steal through theft if I steal an animal I pay back double if I steal a watch I pay back double if I steal a shaitel I pay back double if I steal a pen I pay back double however when it comes to the payment of dollar the hay it's only by animals it's only a ox or sheep if you steal an ox or sheep Sell it or shecht it. Ain't a gun of after a gun of a shot to show me kefel. Uh, this person who steals after a, after a stealer does not pay kefel. 
nor if somebody shechts it after the guy who stole it, do you pay four or five times the amount. Now, what this mission is ending off is fascinating. I own something. Yankul steals it. Beryl steals it from Yankul. Could Yankul demand double payment from Beryl? No. Yankul pays me double because I'm the original owner. A gain of Akharaganev, if somebody steals from a robber or from a thief, right? The second guy, the second thief does not pay double. That's A. B, when it comes to laws of damages of four or five, you pay four or five times when the, when the, the thief shechted the animal. But we're not going to go to uh, a butcher and say, oh, you know, you shechted this. At least that's how we'll understand it now. The Gemara will explain. You shechted the stolen animal, so you're involved in the uh, additional uh, penalty payments. Okay. Says the Gemara... This that you pay kefal applies both when you actually steal something or when you claim that a, that a thief stole something. What does that mean? It means like this. Uh, David, yeah? So you deposited by me a, uh, a ring. You come to me, you're like, all right, Tendler, time's up. I want my ring back. And I'm like, ring? What ring? What are you talking about? Never heard of such a thing. Okay? Or, or I say, oh, I feel terrible. Somebody stole it. Now, I'm a shomer chinam. I'm an unpaid watcher. So I'm not responsible on things that are stolen. What happens is, a week later, it turns out, you know who stole it? Me. By me claiming it was stolen, what happened was I just didn't want to give back. And I'm busted with it. So I, I was tying Tainas Ganev. I, I claimed that it was stolen. If I'm busted after that, I still need to pay double. I need to pay double. Now, what's the difference in the two cases if I directly steal or if I claim it was stolen? See, in the first case, I took it from your property without permission. In the second case, it entered my domain with your will. I didn't remove it from you willingly. I just, when you wanted it back, I said, there's nothing doing. You're not getting it back. Okay? Four or five times only applies to a ganav. Like Atani, our mission didn't mention this. Why did our mission mention this as a difference between double payment and four or five times payment? This is going to end up being a proof for if somebody claims, if somebody receives a deposit, and then they claim that it was stolen, you're going to have to pay double. If he shechts it or sells it afterwards, you pay back four or five times the amount. Those who say a little differently, let's say that's it's proof to Rechia Baraba, because Rechia Baraba says, if somebody claims that somebody receives a deposit, then they claim it was stolen. You're going to have to pay back double, the same as Mamish taking it from somebody's domain. If you shaft it or sell it afterwards, you're going to pay back double. So now, Mika Tani Ain Bain says the Gemara, yeah, don't get so bent out of shape about it because we didn't say the only difference is the one in our Mishnah. 
there's there's difference too. Maruba Katani, there's many differences in this ton of Vishayat. And we just left this out. So, very simple. Our Mishnah said, Maruba, there's an additional law, stringency we'll call it, that double payment has over four or five times. What is it? Double payments on everything four or five times only by an ox or sheep. The Gemara says, what do you mean? Why are you saying, well, this is the only difference? We find other differences where you're more strict on Kefel. And the Gemara responds, you're right, don't worry. We never said that the case of our mission is the only difference. We said, Meruba me in, in, the, the double payment penalty in some ways is greater than. Are there other ways that it's greater? Yeah, other ways that it's greater too. We're not, we're not uh, disagreeing with that, uh, with that fact. Okay, period, two dots. Back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, in what way is double payment uh, more strict than the four or five times payment? In that double payment applies to anything. Applies to both living things and non-living things. Says Gemara, let's get into the sources for all this. How do we know that when you steal a thief, undercover theft, you pay back double? First of all, how do you pay back double? And how do you know it applies to anything? Bring me sources. The because rabbis learn social way. I'll call the bar pesha for any responsibility that he takes upon himself. What is this referring to? Klal. This is a general uh, a general responsibility. This is this is when um, when uh, a person had something deposited by him claims it was stolen. Okay, so you're always responsible. Al shar, al chamar, al sell, al sell on the sheep, al salma. Or a garment prat. We're getting specific about what you had in your domain that you stole. Al kol aveda, and then we say for anything that was stolen, chazar It's a general expression. So you have a general expression, a specific expression, and a general expression, chazar So now I have a klal upar uklal. prat. So we only include that which is in the general categories, similar to that which is specific. Now, what was what was specified that uh, that you stole? An ox, a donkey, a sheep, and a garment. So here we go. Just like all the cases we listed are movable properties and they all have real value. So you pay back double on anything that you steal that could be moved. And has intrinsic value. Yatsu Kakoi which excludes real estate. You don't pay double for stealing real estate. Yatsu Avadam And also, an Evid Kanani is going to be similar to land because those halachas compared to land. And Yatsu Staris, and also it excludes documents that don't have intrinsic value, they just represent other value. She'ain. Sha'afalpi because even though it is movable, Okay, these uh, um, uh, let's say documents in Gufa moment. There's no there's no intrinsic value to the documents. It just represents a different a, a different item. Yotze hektish also excludes hektish because re'euksiv because it says you only when you steal from your friend and that excludes hektish. When you steal anything from this, are you going to have to pay back the principal? Absolutely. Do you pay back double? No. Says the Gemara imaha prop before is so all the examples that we gave the garment the animals when they're you know the animals when they die their carcasses give off impurity so maybe I'll say but you only pay back double 
only on Afkal Maybe if I steal somebody's birds, I should not pay back double because when a bird dies, its its body does not give off impurity. Now remember, we learned in the Mishnah that you pay double on everything, whether it's alive or not alive, animate or inanimate. And the Gemara here is trying to bring a proof that it's for everything. And the, the answer was animals and garments. Now the Gemara says, oh, okay. But that seems to imply, but not birds. Because birds are not garments. And birds are not animals. Because animals' carcasses give off impurity. While a bird doesn't. So maybe if I steal birds, I should not have to pay back double. Says the Gemara, says the that's an impossible thing to say. That the only time you pay back double is when it's going to give off impurity because one of the one of the examples of the pasuk was salmuksit. One of the examples was a shirt, a garment, and garments don't give off impurity when they die, right? We never saw a dead garment, and even if we did, it's not going to give off impurity. So you see that the fact that it gives off impurity when it's dead is not what's causing that to pay kefil. So I would include birds. So Amri they explained anan balichaim karminu. You're right, except we're, our point is coming from animate um, uh, things. And we're going to say like this. Maybe when it comes to inanimate objects like a garment, you always pay back double. But maybe by the animate the uh, um, items, maybe it, you only pay back double when it gives off impurity. Maybe a bird, you should not pay back double. Why? Top of tomorrow's daf. Because each one in the klalu pradu klal could be darshaned by itself. So bottom line is, bottom line is, the Gavar is back to its question, which is how do I know that if I would steal birds or any animate object that does not give off tumah when it's dead, how do I know you pay back double? Who says? Maybe I shouldn't pay back double. Answers the Gemara, Im Kane, if that would be true, that you do not pay back double by birds, the Torah should have only listed a donkey, or an ox, or a sheep. The fact that it says an ox, a donkey, or a sheep, and gives three examples of animals, lets us know that any animate object, you're going to be responsible, uh, even birds. Now the obvious question on that is going to be, but then you still could have said birds. And you still didn't need all three to be listed. Okay, it still needs explanation on the Mishnah, but that's that, this is going to take us well, uh, well on to tomorrow's daf. So we'll hold it here for this evening, and Bezram pick up from here tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, Chaver.